0: I'm Callie Crossley, and this is Under the Radar. And now for the part of the show we call Lanyap. That's Creole for something extra. You may have taken the ice bucket challenge, but the real challenges of ALS treatment are far more nuanced. Chelsea, Massachusetts, is home to the first and only facility where people with ALS are benefiting from an innovative approach to living with the disease. Here with me to talk about what makes the Leonard Florence Center for Living unique are Betsy Mullen, COO of the Chelsea Jewish Foundation. Hello, Betsy.
1: Hi there, Callie. Thank you for having us.
0: I'm glad to have you. And also with me, Ina Hoffman, Admissions Director at the Leonard Florence Center. Welcome.
1: Thank you very much,
2: and again, thank you for having us.
0: All right, let's start with you, um, Ina, and just do a brief uh, description, if you will, of what ALS is, and people sometimes refer to it as Lou Gehrig's disease.
2: What we have found at the Leonard Florence Center is many different types of ALS. We've had people come into our building who are able to walk, walk around the building, and yet they can't speak at all. And we have other people that can't use any of their arm or leg muscles, and yet they're able to speak to us very easily. So there are so many different types of ALS. What we find in our building is that we are able to offer our residents something that they can't have, we don't have the cure, but we have the technology in our building that allows them to have their independence.
0: Um, One of the things, Betsy, to make clear is that uh, this is a uh degenerative disease, so it gets worse over time, Mm -hmm. and there's no cure for it. Um, And then also I want to mention that even though we're focusing on ALS, the Leonard Florence Center also has uh, people living with MS as well, multiple sclerosis. If you would add a little bit to that. I'd
1: be happy to add something. Excuse me. When we were building the Leonard Florence Center for Living and we knew that this radical transformation, this skilled nursing facility that was so different from any other nursing home that was around was going to be available to frail elders, we also knew that there were other populations, which is why we focused on individuals living with multiple sclerosis and individuals living with ALS. And as Ina described, there are different types of effects of this neurodegenerative disorder, but the fact that it deprives people of any kind of movement when their mind is completely intact and they're well aware of what's going on around them means you want them to have the best environment possible to live in and the best people taking care of them in that environment. And that's what we provided the Lenin Florence Center.
0: So let's talk about that environment. The center is uh, named after Steve mm-hmm. and who is an uh, architect, and he put his skills and talents into designing this building. Um, there's a video that um, you all use, and I want to just go to a clip of that to just hear from Barry Berman about how he mm-hmm. and Steve met and how this building came
3: to be. We went to a symposium to learn about ALS and who was at the symposium but Steve Sailing. At the time, he was walking, he was talking, he was driving, he's an architect, and he was there to learn about what housing options would be available to him once his disease progressed. From there, an incredible friendship was was born. Steve worked on the residence that he knew he was going to live in. He designed all of the technology for the house that he knew he would live in. And we named it the Steve Sailing ALS Residence for Steve.
0: So let's talk about the innovation that uh, Steve uh, came up with even before he had to live there himself. Um, Ina, give us just an idea of what we're talking about and how different it is. And I should mention that most people living with ALS, if they're not living at home being cared for loved ones, may end up in a skilled nursing facility. So I want people to have that picture in their mind and now listen to you about what's innovative and different about the Leonard Florence Center.
2: What's innovative about our building is that it gives people their independence We have technology in the building that allows our residents to open and close their own doors to get into their room. They can put on the TV. They can open and close the shades. They can put on the air conditioner or the heat, and this can all be done with a blink of their eyes. In addition to that, they can leave their home. They can open the doors to get to the elevator. They can call for the elevator, they can go downstairs, and it's completely on their own. There is no one that has to help them.
0: That to me, Betsy, is incredible, because I know if people are listening and they're caregivers. Everything you've just described pretty much, is something that a caregiver would be involved in, the person him herself or herself would not be able to do.
1: It absolutely is mind-boggling, and I think we have many visitors that come to Lenny Florence to visit the Sailing House just for this very reason. They hear about it. They cannot believe it. If one sees a picture of Steve sailing, you know that the only movement of his body that he has right now is his head movement, and with that head movement, uses a head array to control his wheelchair. And the computer is the master control of that wheelchair. And as Ina described, with that, he moves. Once he's up in his wheelchair, he's completely independent around the building and has complete control of his room. And you can appreciate with a person who would otherwise be in a traditional facility asking other people to do these things for them all the time what amazing sense of independence that is for them and a control of their environment
0: so I want to play a little clip again from your video and uh, this is one from Bonnie who has MS Mm -hmm. not ALS Mm -hmm. but I thought that she captured that sense of independence so let's, let's hear from Bonnie it was like hitting a brick wall you just go to no independence whatsoever here where I am now in the Leonard Florence Center for Living I can take the tea. I can go to the mall. I don't even have to think about it. If I want to, I just open the door and I go, just like I would when I were home. That is independence. Independence for anybody is really so such a powerful tool for living, and, and I would say healing even. If, even You can heal, if you will, uh, even when you have a degenerative d- d- disease Uh that's how I'm looking at it, mm-hmm. Betsy. Am I wrong?
1: Mm-hmm. You're absolutely <laughs> right. And individuals that normally would be completely dependent on others and feeling like they had no control over anything, now in a sense of reciprocity can do for others. Bonnie goes out of the building. She goes to activities outside. She also helps individuals in the community because she's able to help those individuals getting to the places that she needs to go to. It's, it's amazing. It really is.
0: Okay, so people are listening and they're saying, it can't be that great. Well, let me just... just Go to another clip and let me give you a little background. This is about Patrick. Mm -hmm. Now I saw on the video the picture of Patrick in another facility before he came to Leonard Florence. The difference is Mm -hmm. night and day, just in his the way that he looks. Turns out Patrick is a filmmaker, and since being. disabled as he is, unable to move his limbs, he has still been (laughs) doing his work. So he finished his film. And last year, the film won at the Tribeca Film Festival. This is what we're talking about in terms of people being able to uh, manage their lives uh, and still live while they're uh, experiencing this disease. So this is just a little bit about Patrick um, from the video.
3: When we first met Patrick, he was living in a chronic care hospital, And life at the Leonard Flawn Center for Living is a totally different existence of Patrick. Patrick is up every day. Patrick is showered. And Patrick has as much independence as possible. I have never met a more disabled, alive, alert individual in my life.
0: And that again was Barry Berman uh, talking about Patrick, who is a filmmaker and an award-winning filmmaker. And by the way, I heard you all got him to the ceremony. Betsy,
1: we did. We got him to New York, and he received his award there. And I think won an additional award while he was there. And I happened to have seen Patrick at the facility where he was living before he came to Leonard Florence. And you know, it's it's incomprehensible to appreciate where he was to where he is now. Um, He had stayed in bed. No fault against the building where he was, but they weren't equipped to do for him what he needed. And he had been without a shower for months, in bed looking at the ceiling for months, and Leonard. Florence Center with the technology that's there, with the caregiving staff, with the environment that we offer, has given him a completely new life. And he is limited, but he has many more opportunities than he would have had otherwise.
0: That's my guest, Betsy Mullen. She's COO of the Chelsea Jewish Foundation. She and Ina Hoffman are joining me. Ina is the admissions director at the Leonard Florence Center, the first in the nation and only facility that is uniquely equipped uh, to work with people who are living with ALS and also MS. Now, let's talk about the good bad news. It's there are ten spaces um, for people and a long, long waiting list, and because of what we've described here, all of the unique uh, pieces of the the innovation that have to be in place to make this work, to allow people to have this independence, I mean, it's 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 pricey. You you had a, you have to have some. Some support, so the first good news part of this is that the bucket challenge does work. You know sometimes people give money to the, to uh, causes and they think does this, is it really going anywhere? Is, can it work now for people? So I to talk about a little bit about how the bucket challenge has um, gone some of those those monies have helped to support you, or betsy, any, either one of you no you know do you have have you gotten that support or helped that help to raise consciousness about ALS from that bucket challenge because i 'm People We's, didn't know what ALS was before.
2: We have <laughs> raised awareness. It certainly did help to raise awareness. We fortunately have just gotten a wonderful grant from a wonderful family in New York. Uh, the gentleman that it's named, we are having a new house in our building, um, which will allow more people with ALS to come in. You're doubling the number. We are. We are. And we're very excited. We've already had some people move in. Um the, the home is going to be the Dapper McDonald House. It is named after Dapper, who, who was diagnosed with ALS and passed in about nine months.
0: This His, was a New York businessman, just to yes. be clear. Mm-hmm.
2: His family came to see our home because they wanted to see if they could replicate it in New York. Uh, what they found was that they really would be much better off to have have another home named after Dapper in our building. And so that is how the Dapper McDonald House is coming to be at the Leonard Florence Center. We're very excited about it. We've already had some people move in. We've had one gentleman who came to our building um, who was living in one room because he couldn't get out of his his own house. He was basically a prisoner in that room. Uh, It's wonderful to see how he's adapted uh, and... For the first time in years, he was able to have a shower. He came in in the afternoon, and a couple of hours later, he asked our staff if they could give him a shower, and he just thoroughly enjoyed having the water come down on his head for the first
0: time in years. Wow. That's, that's, that's quite a story. There's a lot of money in this donation, $5 million down and twelve point uh, five pledged. Betsy?
1: Yes, there is. And again, we need that philanthropy to support what we do. One can appreciate that we take care of frail elders and young disabled individuals who may be on mass health for the support of them in in our building. And so to do the things that we need to do, we need the philanthropy of the McDonald family and other families and any other one that is willing to donate for this particular cause for us. We truly make a difference every day in the lives of people that live in that building. And if we were to replicate five more homes, I'm sure that we would have individuals that would be wanting to be in those as quickly as, as Mike himself did.
0: What makes a difference? I mean, we've talked about the the technology. In fact, I saw something on uh, one of the videos that I thought was really powerful. Until medicine proves otherwise, technology is the cure. That's a powerful statement.
1: I think people have to realize that the research is important to find the cure, and that continues. And the Ice Bucket Challenge has been supporting that, obviously. Lots of funds went to that. Um, but the reality is we have to look at the individuals that are living with it every day. If there's not a cure today, what can we do to make their life a whole lot better? And again, you know, if these individuals were in a traditional nursing home, as good as it would be, their life would revolve around schedules. They'd be sharing rooms with other individuals, having to get up at 8 o'clock in the morning, go to bed at 8 o'clock at night. People like Steve Saling and Patrick, they get up at 11 o'clock in the morning. They go to bed 3 o'clock in the morning. And their life can be whatever rhythm they want. And that makes a tremendous difference in your life and the quality of your life. And certainly Patrick would never produce a movie if he were living in a place that did not allow with the technology that he has there.
0: What do you say to people when you describe... Now, I'm looking at the staff now. So the technology, as we've described, is extremely important here um, to make the independence possible for the people who are living there. But the staff has to operate differently, Ina. What's going on there that's different in what people may find in other facilities, skilled facilities, not like this one?
2: I think that everyone tries to get the very best staff that they can for their residents. We have been very fortunate and blessed to have those people working for us. They become a family working with the residents. They understand their needs. They know when they might need to have their head turned or an arm turned. They get to know each other so well. We have the kindest, caring staff, and if you don't have it, the home won't work.
0: So what can you say to people? I th- I, I was... I was um I was given pause looking at again looking at well, uh, some of the information about the center that Barry Berman was asked a tough question: Why care about this population of people? Not that they're not individuals; that one wouldn't that they wouldn't be loved by their own loved ones, but why bother if you know it's a terminal illness to go uh, to make the kind of investment, Betsy, that is obviously made in the individuals there at the Linens Florence Center.
1: Well, we need to care, and I think when you look at the quality of life that we're provided these individuals with, there's longevity there. Patrick has lived over 10 years. With this diagnosis of ALS, and his life is totally different as a result of our caring and providing the environment for him. The turnover in our ALS residents has not been as high as people thought it would be, given that diagnosis. When you hear that, you think of it almost as a death notice for someone, and that is not the case. You know, we also provide for care for people living on ventilators. We made a commitment once we opened that house that would be their home forever. And nursing homes in Massachusetts traditionally don't provide care for people living on ventilators, but we committed ourselves to working with the state, becoming a nursing home that provided that care so that we could do that. And again, we someone needs to care, and it's us doing that, knowing that we can make a difference for them each and every day. And again, we've had a very low turnover, and that, I believe, is very much due to the technology. You know, the home that they live in, it has a living room, a dining room, a kitchen, just like any of us would have in our home. And that as, as Ina described that family approach I think that gives you a psychosocial uh, support that you may not have otherwise and adds to the quality of life
0: uh looking forward what do you want people to um think about as they as they know more now about the Leonard Florence Center your particular approach to uh patients living with ALS and MS and what should they keep in mind as you know cuz people's attention span is we're all split but, but but this is something that's happening right here in our community, and, and I, I want to give you the last word on what you'd like people to remember as they think about it.
2: We have to remember that these individuals are going, we want them to have the best possible life they can. Um, they're bright, intelligent, professional people that deserve to have the independence and the quality of life that we hope we can offer to them. And just to go along with that um, and to get back to Patrick, Patrick has had opportunities because of what, what we are able to offer him in our building. And Patrick has, he did not even, he won not only at the Tribeca Film Festival, festival, but also in Europe. Uh, he showed his movie and won at other film festivals. We are very fortunate to offer his film On April 3rd, Trans Fatty Lives. It will be at the Showcase Cinema in Revere. It will be a 10 o'clock in the morning show. Um, Tickets are available. But this is an opportunity to really um, enjoy and appreciate what Patrick has given to all of us.
0: So these are people who continue with their contributions. Um, They're not stopped by the illness.
1: Not at all. That's Ina
0: Hoffman. Betsy Mullen, last word from you?
1: I, I think it's important for all of us to realize and appreciate that we don't know what tomorrow brings for us. And every day that I'm at Leonard Florence Center, I look around and no one would want to be there. No one is looking to get up every day and be there. But if you had to be somewhere, isn't that the place that you would want to be? And, you know, we strive every day to do what we do because we know that it could be any one of us, any one of our family, and we can make a difference for those individuals that live there.
0: Well, I thank you very much uh, for joining me to talk about a unique facility right here in our own community and an innovative approach to a very tough disease. Um, Kudos to both of you. Thank you so much. Thank you you very much.
1: Thank you
2: for having us.
0: Betsy Mullen is COO of the Chelsea Jewish Foundation, and Ina Hoffman is Admissions Director at the Leonard Florence Center. That's it for this edition of Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. Join us next week at 6 p.m. for the stories you may have missed. In the meantime, you can find our show and links to stories we discussed today on the web at wgbhnews.org UTR. I'm Callie Crossley. Our engineers are John Parker and Doug Sugarts. Catherine Whelan is our producer. Under the Radar with Callie Crossley is a production of WGBH.